The DMVR Golf Open is this weekend, and the only way you can participate is by downloading WGT Golf today and joining the DNVR Clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. WGT is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. WGT allows you to play in awesome tournaments with our community like the DNVR Golf Open, and you can also play games like Closest to the Hole or Full Stroke Play on world-famous golf courses like Pebble Beach, St. Andrews, Wolf Creek, and more. Make sure you go to dnvrgolf.com and download WGT Golf today. Who won last week? Was it Harrison? Harrison um, chickened out last week. Didn't even he play. He chickened out? He didn't play? He what? So I think our DNVR winner was Adam, but I'm not. I'm not oh, yeah. He's here. And when I said Harrison, he was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Give you, you know. the respect you need. I can tell you who did not win from DNVR. Yeah, I struggled. Even my burner on my phone couldn't pull it off. You know, <laughs> you have a burner to play WGT. Yeah, I have two accounts. One's the main on my iPad, and then I have a backup. Every on the time phone. we can't find the winner yeah. in the lounge, it's Drake's burner. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I, I'm terrible. That I'm never amazing. even top twenty. Yeah, <laughs> you could give oh. me five phones. I still would. <laughs> You know he would out himself too immediately. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsay breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dark two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck, you won't see it for long. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Lock, end zone, touchdown! Number two for Sutton. Got it! Oh, man! That's from way downtown! And the Blue Arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Score! It's too good to be true! Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Monroy, and with me today, I've got Rudo, Drew Creaseman, Andre Simone, and Brendan Vogt. <laughs> of course, you all know this podcast is presented by Breckenridge Brewery, our favorite beer here at DNVR. Does anyone have one? I drank my last one yesterday. I'm waiting for the bar to open to grab mine. But if you want to stock up on some Breck Brews, don't forget to check out the 15-can Mile High City Copper Lager. You can find it at Davidson's as well as most grocery stores. Or you could just come down to the DMVR bar and try one of the eight Breck Brews we have on tap. I do, from what manager Mark told me, as soon as that Mountain Beach is done on tap, we're switching to Strawberry Sky. So tonight... Let's drink some Mountain Beach, get some Strawberry Sky in here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bummed I have to choose. Those are my two favorites. Yeah, I, I think know, a lot they're of both people. so good. It's a Sophie's choice for sure. <laughs> but like I said, I'm at the DMVR bar right now, and I can honestly tell you guys how excited I am that we're going to be watching baseball on every single one of these TVs. And we're going to be with Rockies fans. Like, this is going to be so much fun. Drew, you've been in the quote-unquote offseason for 10 months now. What does today mean to you? How excited are you to watch the Rocks at the DMVR bar? 
very. Uh, <laughs> I, it has been a long and cold winter. Ten Allie. months. Oh my <laughs> it, god, I can't. Uh, and obviously, on top of that, it is remarkably bizarre. Never before in my lifetime has the summer arrived and baseball not come with it. That's right. never happened before. Um, through a lot of crazy stuff, and so it's it's amazing that that we get to do this. I'm I'm filled with all kinds of mixed emotions about where we are and, and baseball coming out and being the first, you know, sort of major institution in our country to return in this way and to try to establish some kind of sense of, of normalcy. Um, but it is, I mean, baseball makes us feel normal. It is a part of, I've, I've written about it before. I wrote about it again today. Uh, it is a part of who we are as a people. Even if you're not a baseball fan, it is something that is just, been there it has always been there uh especially through the rebirth of our country the civil war is when it was born and if you and so it means everything to me is the longer answer to your question because for some of us you know it just it's what we do with our summers and it it, it ties us even... to generations of people yeah. that have come before and all of the conversations all of the community uh, that's just been gone or that we've been trying to make up for in other ways. And, and now we get to all collectively come together tonight and watch a baseball game. What I was going to say is I don't even think it's some like baseball is summer. I think for, yeah. I, I can just from my experience, even friends who don't like sports, like everyone goes to at least one baseball game sure. in the summer. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. If you have the capabilities of going to a major league baseball game in the summer, that just is like when you think of summer, it's baseball. So I feel like this moment has been long overdue and people are just so excited because it just makes it feel like it really is summer. I, it's America's comfort blanket. <laughs> I can't wait. So I have my TV next to like my sliding glass door to my very small porch. I'm going to set a chair up outside for the sunset <laughs> and like just look into my room to see the game. Be outside. Just feel like you're baseball. outside. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have you covered a baseball game as DNVR before? No. Not one that counts. I, I was spring down there training. for spring training. Right. Um, okay. You know, and, and then right I. Before it all blew up, huh? Yeah. Right. right. In the before side. times. That's right. Um, a couple of games. Saw like Ubaldo Jimenez pitch to Carlos Gonzalez, which was fun and interesting. But yeah, I think maybe four or five spring training games I took in before the world shut down. Uh, and since then, yeah, no, I've only seen the Rockies in person play themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which was actually remarkably fascinating. Um, and then these couple of exhibition games that have been on TV uh, against Texas and, you know, everything still looks weird and we're getting used to it. Nobody in the stands and the fake crowd noise and the whole bit, but it counts tonight. And I'm really curious to see the kind of juice that brings with it. I think it's just, I'll just say this. I feel like a lot of people have needed this and I'm very glad it's going to happen. Isn't it crazy? While we were driving to the DMVR bar, Ryan turned to me and was like, we, right before everything shut down, we literally did a podcast at our old studio for the Denver Sports Podcast, talking about what this pandemic was going to do, how it was going to affect sports. And that feels like it was literally years ago. Like, can you guys remember when we were all together at the old office doing TDSP? Like, it feels 
yeah. like ages ago. A ago. It's yeah. crazy that we finally have it back. Well, starting at 6.05 tonight, the quest for the asterisk begins here in Denver with the Rockies. First, let's get that question answered right off the bat, Drew. What do you protect, predict to see from the Rockies this season? Should be easy to predict right now. <laughs> you know. That's why I'm giving the hard-hitting questions right now. <laughs> World Series, baby. Let's go. Question Let's go. asterisk. <laughs> why, why anything else? There is, ab- look, man, there, in a season like this, there is absolutely no reason for you to put your sights anywhere lower than that. Should sure. you expect it? No. Should you expect <laughs> them to win the division over the Dodgers? Not necessarily, but can they? Abso-freaking-lutely. It's an extraordinarily talented team. They're young. They're hungry. They got a massive chip on their shoulder. They have the most motivated superstar in the game right now. Probably one of the most motivated superstars in all of sports right now. Uh, an incredibly talented young core. Their biggest problems, whether it was in 2017 when they sank lower than they maybe should have and fell back into the wild card in 2018 when they should have won the division over the Dodgers but had to play in game 163, or last year when they totally fell apart, are almost all tied into depth problems, which are going to be dramatically mitigated in a 60-game season. Herman Marquez is a Cy Young candidate. Nolan Arenado is an MVP candidate. Trevor Story is an MVP candidate. I'm Ryan McMahon's like uh, all of it. I'm I'm telling you, this Marquez kid is so much better than people realize, and he's been a slight mental adjustment away from being that dude for a minute. And I just I think. And, and I think in general, that's why I'm so high on this team compared to, I think, what you might see the national consensus. There's a lot of guys on this team who have resumes you look at and you go, um, not that great. But then you also realize they were putting together those resumes at age 22, 23, 24, that they still have yet to meet their potential but they've still accomplished things. They have an extraordinary number of guys on their roster who both have a resume and a whole lot to prove. That's that's a rare space to be in. I, I do not count this team out. So, Drew, to me, I mean, across 162 games, I've always felt like more or less it sorts itself out. The best teams are on top of the division, maybe give or take a few games. And if you haven't figured it out by 162, then those teams are about you. <laughs> you shrink this thing to 60... I mean, anyone can get hot and outplay teams yeah. in their division for 60. I mean, anyone's a stretch. But if you're a good team, even if you're just in those wild card teams, a 60-game sample size is a way different thing. Like, hey, we can be the best team in this division for yeah. 40 of those games. Where does that get us, well, you know? I mean, I love the concept of it too, right? Because it, every decision means so much more. You know what? Your starting pitcher in a game gives up a couple of hits early, is under pressure. That game means infinitely more in a 60 game season, a 160 game season. You go, oh, I'll leave them out there. We lose this one tough, whatever. Yeah. Can't be doing that. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah why not us, guys wear it. It's huge this season. And Chris Hill points yep. out the over under strikeout for Herman today is five and a half. Drew, like what are we? What are Herman we Marquez giving away set, free money now? <laughs> he set the franchise strikeout record at 23 years old before he really knew how to grip his slider properly. These are the kinds of things that, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think he's got a real shot to, to be among the league leaders in strikeouts and to really be in the Cy Young conversation. I wrote that actually among my bold predictions for the Rockies today. Subscribe to the DMVR.com. Uh, that, that the Rockies will have a pitcher 
finish top four in Cy Young voting this year. I don't know if it'll be Marquez or Gray. Those are the best bets. Freeland's the guy who did it two years ago, if you want to, you know, look at another name. But I, I think Marquez, I think this is the year of Armand Marquez. Can, can we take a moment to just understand that we're talking about three Rockies pitchers in the Cy Young conversation right now? This might be the first time in my entire life that that's been true. <laughs> I don't want to be and a downer, a, but I feel like you give that one two weeks. Yeah, we'll see, but you know. It's a best-case scenario for sure, but... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just Rockies and Cy Young. I, I can buy in on the 60-game season, but it's, it's, it's a big mental it leap is. to make, you know, regardless of talent. But, I mean, it, most years you're going in and you have one it, guy, right? <laughs> it is oh. fascinating that the guy who's least likely the, to do it or, or who is most likely to be scoffed at to be included in that conversation is the guy who literally did it in 2018. Um, so I get his last year was bad, but I'm just saying these guys are, I think there's a whole lot of we're better than they think we are on that team. And with good reason for them to feel that way. Drew, we were able to watch um, so the Rockies in a few scrimmages this week. What were a few things that stood out to you from those scrimmages besides just them hitting rockets outside of the stadium? <laughs> Nolan Arenado, good hitter. Uh, that, that turned out to be uh, the case very much. So there have been some weird and interesting ones, like uh, even as we saw continue into the games against Texas, guys who were acquired entirely for defense and veteraniness who were out there raking Chris Owings and Drew Butera. I don't expect that to continue, but if those guys give you anything with the bat, that you, your depth is a lot better than you thought coming into the season. Charlie Blackman showing up, and only having like a week and a half at camp and looking exactly like he always does and like he's in midseason form. That was kind of crazy uh, to witness. Daniel Murphy looks like a much different version of himself because he's healthy now. And I, I think we're going to see the Daniel Murphy that we were kind of advertised before. Uh, yeah, some of the bull stuff looked really, really bad. But then they got rid of two of those guys who were the most responsible for it. Um, how, how big was that for the Rockies? Big. It, it really was. It saves some money and it, it opened up space for a lot of young talent to come in. Uh, again, a bunch of unlauded guys, some of whom have great numbers, some of whom don't really have any numbers at the MLB level yet, but have had great minor league numbers. We're going to learn about them, but at the very least, we're, we've got like five guys who are 27 or younger who are going to get their chance to be what the Rockies thought either Jake McGee or Brian Shaw were going to be. And having five guys for those two roles battling for it is so much better than having two guys that you're tied to because you paid them $27 million. I mean, that's how modern baseball, how you should build a team. Yeah. There's such fluctuation between a, a reliever being really good one year and really crappy the next. So instead of paying big money for something you can't really count on, you try to attack it by committee like right. they are now. And I'm hopeful that can work out. Relievers are voodoo. Confirmed. Yes. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> Facts. Drew, what's the, who's the second best team in this division? I mean, it's the Dodgers. I, we can buy into well, the, the Well, the Dodgers are the best team in the, sure, in yeah. the division. Yeah. I'm glad you so, said that because I mean, we have some people being like, hello, do you know the Dodgers? Like, yes, people, we are aware that the Dodgers are the best te team in this division. But come on, like the Rocky, it's who knows what's going to happen this season. How many uh, championships has that best team in the division won lately? Hmm? <laughs> None since 88, right? Or 86, 88, 88. Um, 
But right, and no team in baseball, no matter how good you are, no the best team ever is the best team over every single 60-game stretch True. of the, and then of the season. the World Series, that like right. almost never happened. Maybe the 98 Yankees True. would qualify for that, True. and that might be it. So yes, the Dodgers are the more talented team. The Dodgers also have more guys sitting out the season. The Dodgers have more guys who've experienced success, uh, who don't have as much of a reason to fight through the weirdness of this season. The Dodgers don't have as many guys who have that much to prove. The Dodgers also have a guy who's on the first year of a brand new big contract, and that can be a weird thing in baseball. It was for Nolan his first month after signing it. He came out looking weird and bad. It That's a lot of money and a big, gigantic commitment for Mookie Betts. We'll see how he plays for a brand new team. Welcome. Hi, I'm here for 13 years, and I'm going to get paid nearly a half a billion dollars. I hope you guys like me. There's a lot of pressure there. So, yes, the Dodgers are the better team. I do think on paper, talent-wise, the Colorado Rockies are the second-best team in the division. A lot of people would tell you that both the Diamondbacks and Padres are better, but that's based a lot more on projection and, like, their run differential from a year ago, um, which and you, and are, you yeah. are like the the preacher, the captain of this ship that last year was probably the outlier, right? I mean, that's how I generally understand. If you want to look at the Rockies, eighty seven, ninety one, the two years prior, we can we can just look at at how things went last year, but that might not be the best way to project I, how this roster is going to perform going forward. Do I have that the gist of it? Yeah, I don't. The second half of last year, especially, I right. don't understand how the same people can say, oh, the Rockies had one bad year, they're done, and then watch the Padres be awful year after year after year, and it's still every right. year be like, this is the time. They're going right. to they're get good now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. Right. The Padres actually finished last in the division last year, and they had their starting rotation for the entire month of September. The Rockies had 0% of their starting rotation for the entire month of September. They had their whole team. They did yeah. They had their guys, and they just didn't win baseball games. The Rockies literally played a year where almost everything that could have gone wrong did. And again, back to the small sample size stuff, they started strong. Two months into the season last year, the Rockies were six games over 500, which would have them now, under especially these expanded playoff rules, comfortably into the playoffs after 60 games last year. Now, yeah. if they'd have played how they did after that, it would have been <laughs> a very embarrassing performance. Let's go, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but, right, I, I, don't, I don't think people realize... And I, I, oh God, I wrote it a while ago, and I, I wish I could remember the exact number, but it's some, it's several hundred baseball games of the Rockies playing very, pretty consistently at like an 88 and a half win pace. Um, and actually even goes back to the way they ended 2016 when they started coming up with John Gray and Kyle Freeland and our men Marquez all made their debuts and Trevor Story was a rookie that year, then through 17 and 18 and the beginning of 19. And then you have basically... A 60-game stretch, again, that number comes back up again, where they played the worst baseball in the history of their franchise. Nolan Arenado had the worst month in the history of his career there in July leading up to the trade deadline, which meant, of course, you can't buy any help. And then every single pitcher in the starting rotation got hurt. Um, you know, just some facts to consider. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're talking about a 380 to 420 game sample size dating back to the end of 2016 all the way to about halfway through 2019 right where i they remember it being around that, that 400 level. game mark where they yeah. were basically the consistently fifth fourth fifth best team in the yeah. national league 
And then for the second half of last year, they were the worst team ever. <laughs> like yeah. uh, that seems unsustainable to me, considering the talent level of the squad. Drew, we, I want you to talk about the shirt that we just released for members only right now this week, it will be released to the public um, next week or the following week. But for people listening, go check out our Twitter wow. or dnvrlocker.com to see how amazing this Larry Walker yeah. shirt is. Drew, what do you think about it the first time? Oh. oh, it's a thing of beauty. Look how look at it. Look at it though. Drew, <laughs> <laughs> um, Larry Walker has a backwards hat in this or a backwards yeah. helmet. helmet. Will you explain right. that to some people who might be like, what what does that mean? Why is it that way? Because that's like a signature thing that Larry Walker did. Sure. Um so in 1997, the two most amazing and electric players in the game of baseball were Larry Walker and a pitcher named Randy Johnson, a six foot seven left-hander who could throw the ball 101 miles an hour pretty much whenever he wanted to. He had a ridiculous slider, but he held it in an incredibly strange way, which made it have the tendency to, especially to left-handed hitters, on occasion, skip out of his hand and fly behind their heads. He actually named this pitch Mr. Skippy. <laughs> Knowing that these two players had been extraordinary leading up to the 1997 All-Star Game and that this had been a thing that had been talked about, something Johnson had been doing, and that Larry Walker was the best left-handed hitter in baseball, they knew that this was going to be a possibility. And there had been rumors about how Larry Walker might respond in the event that a Mr. Skippy was indeed released behind his head. Lo and behold, the night of the All-Star Game, one skips away from Randy Johnson and goes to the backstop behind Larry Walker's head. What did he do? He stepped out. He took off his batting helmet. He put it on backwards. He walked around the umpire and got into the right-handed batter's box and got ready for the next pitch. And everyone loved him for it <laughs> as well they should have. And in fact, he took a pitch. Randy Johnson, I think, was a little bit flustered by it. I think I'm relatively certain it was a ball away. He took one pitch. It was not for a strike, and that was it. The ruse was over. Walker was not going to give up his entire at-bat. I can't recall how it ended. but he hit a single, if as, I okay. remember correctly. God, that dude, correct. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, I, I don't believe we've ever seen an at-bat taken in Major League Baseball with a guy wearing his helmet backwards, <laughs> other than that, that one pitch right there. Drew, can you just read, like, you're just so good at telling stories. Like, I just want you to, like, read a children's book and record it so we could, like, sell that. It would do so well. <laughs> oh. The hair began to relax, but the tortoise knew the race was not See, over. It's perfect. All right. Well, it is opening day today officially. So I did this last year, but I don't believe the people who are on this pod talked about it. So real quick, um, we'll start with you, Drew. What's your favorite opening day memory? So mine is weird because the Rockies got absolute waxed, um, but it was 2008. I was there and I watched them hang the, the banner, the pennant from the year before. Mm. He's won the National League and I got visual confirmation of it. I watched <laughs> him put that banner up and it's still up there. And I, I look out there and remember that every once in a while. I think the Rockies committed like four errors and lost to the Diamondbacks eight to two. But all of the the pregame celebration and the fact that there was just belief in this baseball team and there was a 
there was a culture now and the clap, 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 too low thing was inst- had been institutionalized. And these guys were all heroes from the year before. And so when they came out and, you know, did the starting line of Matt Holiday, MVP, even though he didn't win and we all know he should have. So, you know, explode. Brad Hopp, you're a hero. Everyone on that team was a hero and almost all of them were back and uh, bad year <laughs> as it turned out. But that day was sure extremely was. memorable. Rudo, do you have a favorite opening day memory? Um, I can't remember if this was an opening day game or not, but it was very early in the season, so it probably doesn't count, but I'm going to count it anyway. <laughs> uh, the right. Rock, the Rockies were rules. playing the Giants, and my father used to uh, work with a guy who had tickets to the front row seats, the seats where like only handicapped people get to sit, like actually front row. And we got to go to one of those games. He gave my dad a pair of tickets to one against the Giants. And I got to sit within 15 feet of Barry Bonds playing in the outfield. Wow. And it was early in the season. So, like, the crowds were insane. Yeah. And for nine innings of just straight heckling of Barry Bonds (laughs) in the outfield was was a blast at Coors Field. I knew you were a good man, sir. (laughs) Dre, do you have a favorite member opening day memory? I remember heckling Bonds vividly uh, <laughs> many times at Coors Field as a youngster. Uh, it was a great way to relate to the the adults around me in the section I was sitting at at Coors Field. Um, well, you know, a few stand out. You know, watching from afar, the very first uh, opening day is always a classic. I think that's one I mentioned the last time we did this topic. Uh, you know, F- Freeland's uh, home debut. Mm. And was just fantastic what that was, was that awesome. two years ago that yeah. was phenomenal um and just for the uniqueness of it what was it last season's uh home opener in the snow with mark two yeah. was that two years ago or was that last season that was just that was awful 18 yeah that yeah. was 2018 yeah definitely memorable not necessarily for the yeah, best was, reasons yeah. but. awful i was so cold i was convinced by ryan to buy tickets because he was like, we will never get opening day tickets this cheap, first level. We have to do it. It'll be like a football game. You'll be fine. We go to football games all the time in the cold. I'm like, all right, well, let's do it. Football <laughs> games, you're like cheering and standing up and doing a lot of things. This game, one, baseball, you're not necessarily standing up all the time and cheering. And two, they lost like 8-1. And it was a very bad game, and I. But we did not leave until the absolute end of the game. Even though wow. we were both freezing, freezing and dying, we were like, "Nope, we got tickets. We're committed. We're doing this." And it definitely is memorable. But oh my god, it was so cold. That yeah. season started and ended in the snow at Coors, right? That's right. Yes. That's right. With Herman Marquez on the mound. Oh, Miserable wow. starts and ends, but the middle, the, the in-between was kind of fun. <laughs> Boy, was that middle part awesome. <laughs> middle part was fun, and it was sunny. It wasn't snowy, so that was great, too. The that shirt, last I... week when they were just mowing down the Phillies and Nationals. Ah, oh, mm, good times. Good, good times to oh, play. that was bad. That was good for the Rockies, <laughs> but bad for Philadelphia and the Nationals. Um, so it was hilarious. It was the objectively shirt, hilarious. The shirt I'm wearing tonight for opening day is That's one bad. I found at a uh, old thrift store here in Denver. 
It is so much, guys. Like, literally, there's like 50 logos on here. We need a D line breakdown of that design. I know, right? It is older than me. The shirt was made in 1993, and I was born in 95. <laughs> You're just young. I think that's weird flex, but okay. <laughs> but so cool. I don't necessarily wear Rockies gear all the time as growing up in Philadelphia, besides our gear, but a shirt like this. Like, I just couldn't not, especially on a day like today with opening day, just being so weird, so unique, so awesome. Um, Speaking of, due to COVID-19, we do have a limit on how many people can be at the bar so that we could adhere to the social distancing and all all that good stuff. Um, So for the watch party tonight, it is sold out, but do not fret. We'll be having so many watch parties for all Denver teams this season. So just keep an eye on your email and social media to make sure that you RSVP so that you can come. Again, we are definitely social distancing. There's so many different ways that we are making sure that we adhere to COVID-19 rules and policies and make sure no one gets sick here. Um, but yeah, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to, ha- we're going to have a good crowd. Keep an eye out on email and social media so you can RSVP to the next watch party we do. Are you guys excited or is everyone coming? Yeah, I'm I will be tonight. So I'm outie. But have yep. fun without You're out. It's, it's cut day for the abs, so we'll oh, see. Oh, right, Rudo, you're out. watching outside ish. Um, oh, you're working? Sunset. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. It depends on if the abs will allow me to work or not. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we all know it by now, but it feels so good to say that baseball is officially back. And while we might not be able to join the team in the stadiums, there is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home or the DMVR bar. And there's no better place to get in on that action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate baseball coming back, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering free bets for every home run your team hits. Take advantage of this Grand Slam offer is easy. All you have to do is place a pregame bet of at least $25 on your hometown team. And for every home run they hit in the game, you'll get $5 worth of free bets. Does Andre it have to be Drew? my hometown team? Can I no. just pivot and take Denver anyway? Yeah, it's been your home team, but I just that's why I stopped for a second because I was like, wait, it says home team. But I don't know why I said hometown team. Yes, vote. You can choose. Can I take the Rockies? (laughs) You should. This is the benefit of being a Rockies fan. Finally, it pays to be a Rockies (laughs) fan. Literally. We can rake, baby. (laughs) Not strikeouts. It's not a safe. Hitting home runs has never really been their problem. (laughs) All these strikes from your bullpen, but... Home runs. Right, Finally. Ah, Dre, I'll pays. send you an undisclosed envelope of cash and you just bet for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He'll be happy with that. Uh, Dre, Drew, I know you guys did a whole bet show yesterday with Patrick talking about all of the bets that uh, you can take as a baseball fan tonight. So definitely go check that out. But is there one thing, is there anything specific you're keeping your eye on tonight? Is it this home just run Just for deal? the game tonight? I mean... Yeah, I mean, the home run one's a great one. The Rockies hit home runs. They got home run hitters. They just got dudes who do it. The odds are pretty good there. It's, it's rare for them to go too many games without it. The, that number earlier, they threw up the 5.5 Ks for Marquez. The only thing I can think of there is if he's super inefficient and doesn't go very many innings. But him getting six strikeouts in, in five innings is kind of the regular. Um, <laughs> this is that's just sort of what he's in for. Um yeah, I, I think yeah, I think his career strikeout rate is like twelve per nine. So half uh, those games are at altitude. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and and he's in heavy humidity today. So Marquez and then general like we've talked about this one a lot, but it just does bear repeating the over on the Rockies 26 and a half games. <laughs> like I know I've built up the team a lot, so I've made all that argument already. I don't have to remake it, but hey, I'm taking that four games under 500 is what you need them to do um, f- for a team that really played at 500 baseball when they were wow. healthy for even all of last year. That's like, free money, yeah. man. The, free money. And how many games do they play against the Giants this season? Right. And <laughs> and the Padres as, as well. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, don't forget to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 moving on to some basketball basketball brendan the nuggets have been in the nba bubble for two three weeks now did you say bubble or i don't know actually i couldn't tell you exactly how many days it's been but closer to three so bubble gotta Um, rename it it's gotta be renamed immediately it's the bubble (laughs) it's officially the nba bubble Honestly, now that you asked me that question, Allie, I don't think I've ever had less of a grasp on how long a week is. <laughs> I know. Honestly, that is the truth. I can't it, believe it's Friday already. It could be three days. It could be a month. I'd buy either, you know? Um, more and more players are heading into the bubble, um, making the Denver team complete. We heard MPJ was back, and we saw pr- pictures of yeah. him at practice today, but he wasn't practicing. And I saw a lot of people freaking out, thinking maybe he's injured, maybe he's sick. And it's there's reasons for all of this, and there's just so many protocols that NBA teams are having to go through. So if you could explain sure. that a bit so people kind of get the grasp and don't just assume that maybe a guy's injured when they just haven't passed all of the tests yet. Well, the first step of this is that the Nuggets have decided they're comfortable with leaking when guys are en route, mm. but not when they've gotten there. Um, which I don't understand because they're either positive or they're (laughs) negative and eventually we find out. So if you'll remember with Jokic, he was en route three days past and we're like, well, it doesn't take three days to get to Orlando. So (laughs) is he alive? And then it turns out like he had been quarantined that whole time. What happened to the plane? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So that's the first step of confusion. There's a West Wing line. Is he coming in from Neptune? Exactly, exactly. So MBJ has been there. And so he did clear the mandatory quarantine period. I think Mike Singer of the Denver Post reported that about five-ish hours ago so what's next is cardiac testing from team officials which is like this is standard if you if you so we might presume that at some point these guys had covid that's why they're not there um they clear quarantine the teams now have to double check hey are you healthy to play basketball mm-hmm. um that's just standard procedure there's no reason to assume he won't clear that every nuggets player that's come through delayed so far they've cleared it so um yeah, so that's the next step, and then he can start practicing. So you might see a two- to three-day delay in terms of when he gets on the court, but that's just because he got here a little late and they got to catch up. And so all players have to go into quarantine for two days as soon as they arrive to the bubble, right? Yep. So uh, I believe 
we now know every player in the top 10 of the Nuggets rotation, with the exception of Monte Morris, mm. um, is either in quarantine, um, has cleared quarantine, is awaiting cardiac tests, or is cleared and ready to go. We believe, I, I'm not reporting this, as I said earlier, the Nuggets have been as vague as possible. <laughs> um, it's believed Monte Morris is there now in quarantine. Um, so, good news. Like it, the Whatever the worst case scenario was of, we don't know why guys aren't here, but I sure hope they get there. Yeah. Everyone's going to be there. Everyone's going to play. Uh, it's just a matter of how how many scrimmage ga- or seeding games do the Nuggets have to sacrifice to that dynamic. Yeah. Um, the bubble seems to be working with reports yeah. coming out this week that no players currently in the bubble have tested positive. How big do you guys all think that is for sports in general to have this figured out for three straight weeks and not anyone testing positive? I mean, it's hard to overstay, right? It's a huge yeah. deal. It's yeah. a huge deal to see that this bubble can work. Um you know, if, if people had sort of like on principle issues with the bubble or, or doing this in general, I get it. But you sort of have to stay open minded to the fact that whatever system they put in place, yeah. they certainly are not congregating a crowd that, that seems to be putting anyone in more danger of spreading this around. Yeah. In fact, a lot of these guys, to keep it real, are probably in better shape in this bubble than, you know, as we know, not every professional athlete was adhering to self-isolation the way we all were. Um, this is re- this is a really really big deal. It's working. Even if you were against this, you have to acknowledge that it is, and, and sort of, I think root for this because sports <laughs> are going to go ahead with this, whether you yourself are ready for that or want that or not. And mm. obviously, the next best thing is that everyone is as safe as possible. Yeah. So really encouraging. Of course, every sport's different. Like what yeah. is it? the NFL can't set up a bubble, you know, or I don't think they can. I'm not sure how that would work. Um, so it, it, It'd I don't be know a little complicated, but the, yeah, the rest of the sports, but yeah, for hoops, bubble. I believe we're going to see the finals through the end. And, and a month ago I was like less than 50% yep. sure. Yeah. It's um, comforting leagues like the MLS have had success with their bubble as well. After, you know, some really troubling signs early on with front, two teams yeah. having to drop out. But so far that's been successful too. I think the NHL, everything's been going pretty smoothly. So that's really comforting for yeah sports and kind of, industries like this that are kind of at the peak and have to adjust finding these adjustments and doing so successful is definitely a reassuring thing i mean from the nhl perspective it's really good to hear because i mean let's face it there's just less cases in canada and they're going there yeah. the nba can make it work in florida sure, like. yeah. <laughs> honestly i love how I don't know. I I guess I don't love, but I think it's hilarious how intense the NBA is being with their bubble. Clearly, there's a reason because it's working. But the fact that I'm blanking on his name, a player was like, oh, the bubble food is trash. So don't worry. Just get Postmates delivered right outside the line. I think it was Kelly Oubre who tweeted that. He crossed the line to get his Postmates and then tweeted later, never Uh, mind, because he got got sent home, right? So I wish I had this four-tweet sequence. Kelly Oubre tweets to the rest of the league, yo, you can order Postmates. You just have to leave the bubble to go get it. Which, think critically about those words. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I want to say it was Sean Holmes of the Kings goes, word, that sounds like a good idea. Um, <laughs> and like 12 hours later, there's a tweet, I think, from Sean's that Rashawn Holmes has left the bubble and needs to re-enter quarantine. <laughs> Rashawn Holmes tweets out a graphic with a written statement and an apology. Five minutes later, Kelly Oubre tweets, never mind, LOL. It's, it is about as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, wow. Amazing. The, the silliest so bubble thing, though, I mean, they're doing it all right, and I'm I mean, the safety is what's most important. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of the new bench setup they have. 
Oh yeah. Every chair is six the feet apart, out. which is really good because other than the time that they're playing basketball <laughs> together and high five, <laughs> bumping up and boxing out, that should really enforce all the distancing. Yeah, Are that's we so weird, especially because everyone has tested negative. So what? It's like us all, like all hanging out, and but needing to fully separate, like room by room. I'm putting my charger. Wait, in only room. we haven't quarantined <laughs> together for exactly. a week like at a time and tested negative over and over. Yeah, you're comfortable um, with them playing contact sports because yeah. none of them have it. I was going to say that would maybe apart. make sense if it was baseball they yeah, were exactly, out there exactly. playing. Like maybe. <laughs> Don't high five, sense. but do pass me the basketball. You know, <laughs> right. What are we doing? Right, right, But it's working. Right. The, the, all jokes aside, it's working, and that's exciting. Yes. All right, we got it. Sorry, I'm plugging it. I don't want to die on you guys. No, that was I'm expertly not. done. That I happened got... to me on the DMBA show earlier. <laughs> I got, got 2% battery. I was like, oh, crap. Got to gotta focus. But we cannot not talk about the Nuggets' last scrimmage against the Wizards on Wednesday. First of all, that lineup, long boys all around. Yeah, <laughs> Nikola Jokic. Was I mean, even playing point guard at one point, right? Or was it the whole let me, game? Let me see if I can. So it was Jokic at point, Jeremy Grant at two, Bobo at three, Millsap yes. at his natural position, and Mason at five. Now, mind you, Bobo played the three, but took the opening tip <laughs> as if he was the center. So that is, I look, guys, I'm not going to fact check this, uh, but if you want to tell your friends that that's the tallest starting lineup in the history of basketball, <laughs> go for it. Because no one I else has the second lineup off the top of their head. I think it is. It and Bobo. It has to be. Bull Bull was the star of the show. He was. He was. And in a way that, look, man, this is the best part about Bull Bull. He, like, if you got your Venn diagram of real needle movers and then those sort of like novelty kind of fun role <laughs> players or end of the bench, he's both. I mean, he's right in the middle. I mean, Scott Hastings said this on the broadcast. His dad, you know, this is maybe a rough way to frame it, but was kind of a novelty. He was just really big, really tall, yeah. tall and long. Opposing teams weren't scheming for him. Right. You kind of got a scheme for Bobo. And then also, what is the scheme for Bobo? Because he's 7 2 with a guard skill set. And as long as he's on the Denver Nuggets, he's probably not playing center. And he's playing alongside yeah. a seven foot tall point guard. So you both have this summer league dynamic of it's been 133 days. We need hoops. People love Bobo because he's 7 2 and his hips are higher than my head. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't imagine like looking up at Bobo. But then oh. there's this added dynamic of, and he was really good. And he, like, sure, it was a scrimmage, but he hasn't, he played nine games at Oregon. So factor COVID in. When was the last time Bobo played an organized game of basketball? Wow, it's been a long time. Not a long time. So for him to be that active, that eager, that capable, if you want to be a Debbie Downer, oh, he was only two for eight for three. Counterpoint, he's seven, two, and he took eight threes. Like, (laughs) at a certain point, you can't match up with that. Then he wasn't part of the fun, but I I wrote on this, you that was kind of Malone's high fashion runway show. Look at tall ball. This is fun. This is exotic, <laughs> right? But no one's wearing that on the street. You can't yeah. play that 82 games. Yeah. But you have That's MPG a very good comparison. So, thanks. I've been watching yeah. a lot of Project Runway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that was a fantastic comparison. That's very with true. MPJ, can you work this into something more wearable, which is seven foot tall point guard in Jokic, six foot 10 shooting guard in MPJ, and then a seven foot two, probably four, maybe sometimes three in bowl. At a certain point, the other teams aren't tall enough literally and that's it yeah. and so no. with Bobo you go okay that was that summer league gem I can't get enough of this and then there's that added element of all jokes aside is the Nuggets future that much brighter today are the Nuggets knocking on yep. the door of a new style of basketball 
Golden State found small ball. They found their death yep. lineup. They hit a dynasty. You guys see the parallels. Is, you don't need me to explain. Is that just a reaction to the league then? Has the league gotten so much smaller that it, this is the pendulum swinging back the other it way? Could, it could be. It could be. I mean, the reality, right, to reiterate, they won that game. You can't start five, four, fours and fives. You can't. But with Bull Bull and MPJ and what seems to be an influx of unicorns, as they're all called in the NBA, tall guys with guard skill sets, if you can add size without sacrificing spacing, yeah. I mean, that's isn't that the name of the game? Wouldn't you just want five, six, ten guys that can all shoot? And then when you're Denver and your best player is a seven-foot-tall point guard, six-foot-eleven-tall point guard, all of that's just sort of, like, magnified, right? So th that's why people were so excited. We haven't had hoops. This guy whips ass. But also, is it now Jokic, Murray, MPJ, and Bull Bull? It's yeah. too early to say, but it's not too early to ask the question, in my opinion. Vote, did you guys have a chance to talk to um, any of the players after the game? Because just watching that highlight of Bull Bull getting that block, then going, pulling up for three, making it. You yeah. see Jokic's face, like, so confused. Like, what are you doing? Uh, did you have a chance? Twice. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw. So if and you Jokic look, is literally like, what are yeah, you doing? I saw once. Yeah. Jokic wants the ball to bring it up the floor, and Bobo half weighs him off, half carry travels, and <laughs> Jokic puts his hand on his forehead and just, like, in the most Eastern European way. And then if you watch closely... Bobol not only brings it up, he jacks a contested transition three, and Jokic's signature right-angle forearm <laughs> out. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, we did get to talk to Bull, Allie, after the game. Bull fits right in with the Nuggets insofar as he's a little more exciting on the court than off of it. Um, <laughs> he doesn't really want to talk to us, and that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, he. someone asked him what was the best part about being back out there, and he said being back out there so like that maybe that gives you an idea of we, we don't hear much but i'll say this he didn't surprise himself he's been working for this moment 43 teams in the well 43 there were 43 selections before bulbul yeah. was taken in the draft people passed on him however timid bulbul may seem he's not passing on himself he believes in himself and he he expected to go out there and ball out and you didn't have a chance to talk to them after the scrimmage, but we did see someone like Will Barton posting on his Instagram about how Bull Bull is the real thing and that's to really take note on him. And that's that's not just him saying that just to say that for about his teammate. That like means something. The last two guys Will Barton told us, either through snap you know, Snapchat, Insta, or literally to the media, don't sleep on this person. It was Michael Porter Jr. and it was Nikola Jokic. So yeah. I mean Will, he's he's want to bust out a great quote, but if he doesn't feel like talking, if he doesn't feel inspired, then he doesn't. Yeah. So if he's saying this to us, I would listen. Yeah. And so Bull Bull's exciting. never been bad at basketball. The, the question's never been, oh, is Bull Bull bad at basketball? Nope. Um, he's always been insane. His life has been nothing but basketball. Yep. That's part of the problem, he's traveled around his entire high school career, still was great at basketball, but the, that kind of stuff when you bring that in a teenager's life kind of messes him up to some extent and then the injuries in the college injuries. But in college he was a monster what? his per i think is like one of the top five best per's in like the history of one and done players i mean it was like um, 20 and 10 it was essentially yeah, a 2010 average and it right. was 2.83s per game it was a college center 52 percent it's, right. You can right. say, oh, that's a nine-gay sample size. I would say that's a sizable sample size. This guy's 7'2". So 
That's a great point, Andre. One thing to remember about Bolt, this isn't his father. This isn't Taco Fall. This isn't, wow, that guy's really tall. I mean, yeah. the skill set is there. So the health issues are real. This is mm -hmm. when you're, when you have that, that broken foot, when you're dealing with that as a taller dude, that can follow you your whole career. I think there were teams that interviewed him and weren't sure because he's a little young for his age. I'm not reporting. I'm just speculating. 43 times he was passed on. That's not just injuries, right? So yeah. is this guy cut out for the life? Um, but if you listen closely to what Mason Plumlee, Michael Malone, Will Barton are, are telling us through these Zooms, they think the answer is yes. They think that this guy is misunderstood. And to Dre's point, it's not the talent. There's a lot of question marks, but is he good enough to make this impact? That's not the question. Yeah. I think I've also seen a good amount of people talking about his maturity level. And I think with this Nuggets team, for a while we talked about how their their maturity level was lacking a bit, which means they can understand Bull Bull. Now you see that teamwork. You see how much Nikola Jokic has grown, how much Jamal Murray has grown. So they can empathize with him and kind of give him a push on like, hey, this Absolutely. is the way you need to be. Well, and Absolutely. they're at NBA summer camp. <laughs> we just took the the tallest member of the lost boys and put him in summer camp guys and, like and he, yeah. ideal situation for bull bull right yes, here um, and he's loving it i every player i think is going to respond to that two-way deal a little separately you know i've talked to bull and vlaco chanchar about this vlaco played professionally overseas before he came yeah, here so right. yeah. new to the nba not new to this life and mm -hmm. he was checking in with his coaches every day he's as coachable and proactive as it gets you know, I think Bobo still learned, like, when he's away from the team, I think he felt like he was away from the team, whereas yeah. Blacko felt connected. There's not going to be summer league. There's not going to be a long offseason. So this is Bolt's time to feel like he's part of the group, to feel like when that coaching staff speaks, they're speaking to him. Yeah. Um, there's been a big smile on his face, and I think that's real. I think he's happy to be out there. The Nuggets' first game is Saturday, August 1st at 11 a.m., and guess what? We're going to have another watch party that day at the DNVR bar. I'm praying we'll have bottomless mimosas all set up. Um, it's going to be an awesome time. So, again, don't forget to keep an eye out on social media and email because um, you will need to RSVP to attend that event. But it's going to be so much fun. We've got Nuggets at 11 a.m. and then Rockies at 6 605 or 610 later that day so I think a few of us are going to be at the DNVR bar all day long. It's going to be a blast. I'm really excited for all the watch parties we're gonna have. Yeah. I cannot. This is what we do, which like yeah. I almost <laughs> forgot. Something. I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's been so long. Um, I'm back in too. By the way, Vo, I got we, we. I went on the the DNBA show a couple weeks ago, twelve years ago, whatever it was, yeah, right. and we were talking and and and. Uh, Oh, trying to figure out what it was going to take for me to finally become a hardcore Nuggets fan again. And I think just one, not having it there, right? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Right, sure, but yeah. also, Bobo. Bobo. I think that's going to be the thing. Bobo, the greatest highlight in the history <laughs> of sports. Bobo's I can't miss this. I can't be the guy who misses this, who, who actually loves basketball because I'm still holding a grudge from when I was in college. Here and now. Thank you, Brendan Vote. You've sold me on Bowl Bowl and on being a Nuggets fan again. Don't thank me. Thank half the team for I'm back in. Maybe, Drew's maybe back. COVID and Malone having no choice. <laughs> I really think that's the biggest factor, but it's good to have you, Drew. Good on you, fellas. All right, guys, don't forget how important it is to take care of your teeth. It's extremely important. And Green Mountain Dental Group makes that so easy. I felt like a mom. I'm like, that's extremely important, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> one. 
I'm going to list a few reasons why you should check out Green Mountain Dental Group. One, they're awesome humans who truly love what they do. And that shows through the way they treat their patients. Lindsay just had her wisdom teeth removed. And she said they were so helpful and made the process so much better for her. Two, they're Denver sports fans. You get to talk Denver sports when you go to the dentist. That's awesome. Um, three, by supporting them, you are supporting us. So if you do stop by, don't forget to tweet at us and let us know. And finally, number four, if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's right. You get a free electric toothbrush just by going to Green Mountain Dental Group and getting a cleaning x-ray and exam. They are truly the best, so definitely go check them out. Rudo, finally. <laughs> Some hockey. It finally, it feels nowhere near what Drew has been through, but <laughs> it, it's been far too long. Rudo, uh, Rudo, I really need you to calm me down a bit because I'm a little nervous. I'm a little upset with everything that's been going on. Um, <laughs> thankfully, Kale McCarr was back on the ice yesterday, today as well, correct? Yeah, Kale, uh, they didn't practice today. So, oh, okay, but, but back out He's on the yesterday. ice, he's practicing, It's all, okay. he's fine. That was a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> And then, why why was McKinnon not? Why didn't he participate in the scrimmage? What what's wrong with McKinnon? Is he okay? The assumption is he'll be fine, but we have no idea. The NHL's policy of no one is allowed to say anything about anything when it comes <laughs> to people not playing is is not great. But not during this time, after not seeing Kale on the ice for how long to get that notification out on the golf course. I saw DMVR abs tweet about it as we were um, doing the oddcast rematch. And I was like, what, why? I literally <laughs> brought it up to the guys. I was like, uh, does anyone else feel, how's everyone else feeling? Uh, uh, McKinnon's not on the ice. And, and Ryan's like, he's fine. Yeah, it'll all be okay. I'm like, okay, are we sure? I, I would assume Ryan is correct, but we don't know for sure. <laughs> um, it the, could literally be anything. It literally can. The, so the reality is it's very unlikely that it's going to be something that takes out significant time. And as Brendan would say, not reporting here, just speculating. Thanks. <laughs> Even if Nathan McKinnon were to miss, say, 14 days, he would be back before any elimination games are getting played. He might miss some of the the round-robin rounds for the seating, but to be honest, the Avs don't really care about those rounds anyway. They don't. The The seed doesn't matter. They have to play four rounds of playoffs, and they can take on anybody in the West. So whoever they play, they play. Nice. Rudo, y'all haven't had a chance. To, like we talked about with Rockies and Nuggets, we've had a chance to see some scrimmages with other teams, kind of see how these guys are doing. With hockey, with the Avs, we haven't seen that. You guys have had a chance to see them practice a bit, um, but not yet anything like an official scrimmage. From those practices, what are a few things that have stood out to you? Well, they have done some inner squad scrimmages. A yeah, little but bit. not with against other teams. Um, the, the reality and the thing that everyone on the team keeps talking about is they've said, look, we're 15 players deep. Everyone at this training camp is good enough to play in the NHL if we need them to. So it's absurd how many players, and I expect to see this out of the Evs quite a bit in their exhibition game coming up in uh, five days, as well as through the round Robin. I think they're going to give a lot of players a chance to get some ice time and try and earn a spot in the starting 18, I guess, if you want to count the defensemen, starting 12 forwards, starting six defensemen, because they just have that depth. There's 
arguably three or four guys fighting for the last forward spot. And a couple of the defensemen, particularly Connor Timmons, has been making a very hard push to try and get himself into the lineup as a starter. Will it happen? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Bednar, the expectation is he'll probably lead on, lean on the veterans, lean on experience when it comes down to it. But if it comes to things like, oh, McKinnon has to miss a game or, oh, someone's a little bit dinged up, the Avs really don't have to worry about that that much. Which is something at the beginning of this quarantine that we talked about being a positive. If you were looking for a positive in all of this negativity, it was that the guys would rest up, be healthy, because how many guys were injured before the season yeah, had to stop? I like, mean, it was absurd. McKinnon like had just gone down at, right before everything stopped, and it was just a never-ending carousel of they'd get someone back and someone else would get hurt, and then two more people would get hurt, and then someone would miss a week. Finally, someone comes back, and then the goaltender goes down, and it's like, make it stop, man. <laughs> Speaking of goaltenders, how are you feeling about that situation? Uh, Grubauer has looked fantastic in in training camp. It, it, the reality is, goaltending is all the la- always the last thing to come. So, let's just say these playoffs will probably be a bit more high scoring than what people are used to. But if you get a hot goalie at the right time, I mean that can straight up carry you to a cup. So, again, we'll have more information after the exhibition game, after the round robin games. But with what NHL teams have been allowed to do. You cannot really ask for much more than what Grubauer's done. And Frank Sos has been super solid as well. Uh, I think Grubauer probably has separated to be their go-to guy, which isn't a surprise. Yeah. But if they need Frank Sos, he can step in and be just fine. So the first game the Avs play is next Sunday against the Blues at 4.30 p.m. Again, another watch party. Come hang out at the bar. I feel like I'm going to be saying that a lot, so just expect it. Um what are a few things you're gonna you're excited to see in that real game time play? Oh, what am I not excited to see? In Just real, all of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hockey's gonna be back in earnest. They have the exhibition game on the 29th against Minnesota as well, but oh. that's mm-hmm. that game doesn't count. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I care a lot actually, but uh, <laughs> when when things actually matter, I think the biggest thing you're gonna see is the physicality mm-hmm. come back. Um, obviously, in your squad scrimmages, there have been multiple times actually during training camp where Big Z has somebody just totally lined up and he just of like course. slowly rolls up to him and gives him a hug instead of just blasting him into next week. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> definitely looking, and honestly, that is probably going to be the same for the exhibition where both teams are like, Look, we have playoffs in a couple days, so let's not kill each other here. Um, but yeah, when you get to the real games with the Blues and the Blues as physical as anyone, someone's going to get blown up in that game. And I cannot wait to see <laughs> whoever it is on the oh, St. Louis that's side. That's the most hockey thing in the world. I was oh, I can't wait till someone just gets blown up on the ice. Yeah, that like, is true. Okay. It's beautiful. <laughs> They've been hugging each other, Allie. There's no hugging in hockey. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be so much fun to have hockey, basketball, baseball all back. The quest for the asterisk. It's the campaign we started. We're going to go with it. Some We saw some people who were upset about it, but you know what? Why not take this interesting, weird time as a positive and look at look at it as a positive? Look, I'm just going to say it. That person missed the point really yeah. hard. Yeah. It for us. yeah. 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 It, an asterisk is usually bad. This time it's good. I'm excited. I'm excited for the chase for, for how many how many asterisks are up for grabs right now? Is it 
And I saw some people upset about, um, like, so we did this whole campaign, as most of you saw, with wallpapers and everything. And, of course, our, our Broncos fans were like, hey, God, what about us? Never being served in this. <laughs> just never. No one ever pays any attention to the Broncos. So just so those people know, it's coming. It's all coming. But right now we've got the three sports that are officially starting playing games. We do have some news on NFL training camp. It does look like the Broncos are going to start as scheduled as, as have planned, yeah. um, have a training camp. But we'll see. That yeah, that stuff will come. I am so glad my after. sport is past that point of like, maybe stuff is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. you, you're telling me, but like, we, were, we were at a point for a minute there. We're like, maybe there just shouldn't be an MLB. Like that was actually a conversation we had to have during all of the, this and, and, off season from hell. At <laughs> like, the very least, the commissioner should stop making public statements. Oh, yeah. I That's think we, we all learned consensus that. Now. Yeah. Dre, what are the DraftKings odds? Can I get a parlay for all three of these teams to win their championships? What am I what am I getting on that? What are the odds? Oh, yeah. Give me that money. Hank plays this one. Um, uh, <laughs> did, you did he really? Do you hear wish, how Andre says that? <laughs> did he really the do that? In the three championship Because uh, I'm asking for fun, but, you know, Hank, come on, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's Thank you're getting it at like plus a hundred. I mean, the Rockies alone are a hundred and fifty to one. So the parlay's like five billion to yeah, one. Yeah. And put look, guys, I mean, I was gonna say put ten bucks on all your teams to win, one? and then you can retire. Is That's that the right. one that Henry put three dollars on? <laughs> would have made like what didn't Henry put three dollars right. on? <laughs> on, and he can retire happy. Look, I love if his strategy. All three teams win a championship. We'll be like ecstatic. We're gonna burn the bar to the ground. Maybe if one team wins the championship, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna go ballistic. You know, like just don't get point. greedy. You know, a little okay. Yes, a little unrealistic. But all right, when does the just a little, not not too much? Who knows? That's what I'm but when would when does the rock? When would the MLB season end? I think normal time. I think by end of October. Right? End of oh. October. Yeah. And then the nugget, the N, uh, NBA would be at the beginning of October. Correct? Yeah. Well, let me, ch- October let me check when the finals date is on the. I on think the, the last game seven could be, be is October 7th, but I'm not positive. Let me, let me double check that, Allie. I mean, be on the spot. Yeah, NHL, just, Rudo. It could all know? happen in same, one month. I, I want to say October 4th, but same I'm glad you don't know, Rudo. Thanks. So. Yeah. <laughs> If October is also the best month. If it happens, we're, I mean. Yeah, there could be one week in October where. My birthday is the 18th of October, and I'm going to have to try very hard not to die. (laughs) If three teams win championships. All of October is just like, oh, wait, no, we can't play in that parade because we've got to play in this parade. Oh, what? Oh, my God. It would be. Let's pump the parade. Do you not understand the essence of the quest for the asterisk, Stray? Quest for the asterisk. I'm having a good time. We can play make believe for a little. Oh. The number of beers I've consumed in that two weeks period. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be oh a pretty amazing time to work for a sports company in Denver, Colorado, if all this fruition. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, this was a fun podcast. Thank you for talking real, real sports. And God, I, I got some good. people who were upset with me when I said real sports because MLS has been playing and a bunch Again, of teams. One I, I apologize. <laughs> Girl, one person. Actually, 
four. Four <laughs> people came after me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just meant the sports we cover at the moment. Thank it's you. Our sports have been fake up till this point. Now <laughs> they're real. We understand your sports have been real. It's our exactly. sports that have been fake. It feels so nice to have. I've I've enjoyed all of the D- the Denver sports podcasts we've done. We've had some awesome conversations. But man, it feels so good to talk about upcoming games, real sports going on, and I just can't wait to see everyone at the DNVR bar. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast mm-hmm. and leave a review. Ask us your questions. We'll be going full all sports next week so it's going to be a fun one uh definitely ask us your questions and have a wonderful weekend everyone hope to see you guys at the bar